Holy, 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 holy spirit! What up, y'all? Greetings and salutations. It's a bread and wine podcast. If you're new, we're so glad you stumbled upon this. Uh, we talk about Jesus and what it would look like to live with Jesus and follow him in a modern day world uh, and also to follow through on the things that he's told us to do in the scriptures. And so my name is Seth and we've got Carl joining us today as usual and we're thankful that you're listening. Uh, Today we're talking about a command and really a gift, the greatest gift of them all, the Holy Spirit. Is there a greater gift, Carl? There's no greater gift. There's no greater gift. Thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit. We love you, God. Amen. And this gift was given after Jesus ascended into heaven. So after he ascended into heaven, he said, I must go because if I don't, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. And so the Holy Spirit, I like to think of the Holy Spirit, again, as the 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 triune God that we have, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I like to think of the Holy Spirit like this. God the Father is above, and He is uh, omnipotent and kind of takes this place in our in our mind of like just being greater than, like up there somewhere, and we can relate to Him still, and He's our Father. Uh, but we think of Jesus a little bit differently because Jesus was human as well as God, and he lived among us. So we think of him as our friend, our companion, uh, our brother. And the Holy Spirit, I think, is even a deeper level of relationship and connection with God because this is God in us. God not only is above us and he became with us, Emmanuel, as Jesus, but our God wanted to be with us so desperately that he actually sends his very spirit to live inside of our bodies that we would be a dwelling place and a home for the living God. And so the Holy Spirit is God with us. And how amazing is it that God would choose to dwell inside of us? What a gift. (laughs) Yeah, that's a crazy, like just meditating on that reality that God lives inside of our bodies. Like that is such a crazy thing. One thing that I heard one time was like, imagine how clean we must be by the blood of Jesus for the actual presence of God to live inside of us. Like, I don't think that we have a full understanding of that. A lot of the times like Uzzah touched the Ark of the Covenant and falls over and dies for simply touching the Ark of the Covenant that God was inside of. And then, and then the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, um, I'm going to come and bring the fullness of Jesus into your body. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like how clean are we and how holy has Jesus made us wow. by his blood to be able to house his presence. Like, that's crazy, man. Wow. That's beautiful. I never thought about it like that. How clean has Jesus made us for the Holy Spirit to live in our bodies? That's a that's an astonishing reality. And and that that is a, an astonishing reality that is true for those that have given their life to Jesus and have said, I will follow you, and I put my faith in you on the cross, and I put my faith in your blood. That gift is yours. The Holy Spirit is yours to have. 
But yet, Carl, I'm afraid that many of us do not take advantage Mm. of God in us as much as we could. Mm. And so a little bit about what we want to encourage you into today is to start conversing and to start utilizing Jesus inside of you, the great counselor, the almighty Holy Spirit, whom Jesus said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Do you feel like you have power in the Lord? When you think of your relationship with Jesus, do you feel like you have power, or do you just feel constantly defeated and kind of like a lame duck. Well, I want to tell you the Holy Spirit will give you power to live the life that Jesus is asking you to live, to step forward into the commands that Jesus has in the scriptures, to step forward into the callings that he has on your life. The Holy Spirit wants to take you to that place. And it's amazing when we can learn to commune with him in a way that is deep and meaningful, in a way that's on a friendship type of relational basis where we can engage with him in conversation, ask him help in decision making. I put it this way for a friend the other day. I was saying we have a a test of life set before us. Imagine you're on a desk and you're in a class and the teacher sets before you a test. And you're, you're trying to figure out all the answers. But all you have to do to figure out the answers is raise your hand, ask the teacher, and the teacher will come by and give you an answer sheet. (laughs) What? For all of you that have master's degrees and doctorates and even high school degrees or whatever level of schooling you have, how awesome would it have been to have an answer sheet for every test? (laughs) Wow. Well, God has given us an answer sheet in the form of his Holy Spirit to ask and get answers from because that's his name. That's his job. The Holy Spirit, his name is the counselor. He counsels you into decisions and choices so that you don't have to fret and worry and wonder, do I pick A or B? Do I pick C or D? Is it all the above or is it A, B? Like, no. Here's the answer sheet, son. Here's the answer sheet, daughter. Here's what you need to do. And so uh, what has that looked like for you, Carl? Learning to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit in you. Once you found out that the Holy Spirit lives in you and you began to actually believe that, oh, I can ask him questions and I don't have to wait weeks or days or years. For some things, absolutely, you may have to wait. But in general, throughout life, the Holy Spirit is there to guide us on everyday decisions, on everyday choices, the big things and the small things. What has that looked like for you in growing in relationship with the Holy Spirit and learning to ask him questions and engage with him? Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, one of the lies that I heard early on is exactly that, that like you can't um, hear from God that way. Um, you have to, you know, wait a long time for an answer. But the Bible is really clear. It says that um, that he's our shepherd, that we are his sheep, and we hear his voice. And so... 
when we look to him as our shepherd and we're asking him in prayer and walking through life with people who hear from him, that's a big thing. Like the, the spiritual community, um, in, in, in asking other people for wise counsel in your life, that's a really big deal. Um, but, but also just, just simply asking God like, Hey, um, what should I do about this decision? What should I do about that decision? Should I start a business? Should I go work for somebody? Should I um, keep this car? Should I do this or do that? Just learning how to dialogue with him about different things and, and being able to bounce ideas off of him and listen for the spirit of truth to come and, and having faith that he will answer when we ask. He says, um, asking you shall receive, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open to you. So when we lean on those promises and we simply ask and we begin that dialogue with God, it's like we eventually just stop looking to the right or to the left or to other voices to give the answer. We become so um, confident in the shepherd and that he wants to answer and lead us through life that we don't make decisions without his counsel. And sometimes we can make decisions without his counsel and look back and be like, whoa, why did I do that? You know, um, why did I do that? So I guess it's just um, learning how to cultivate that relationship, you know? Yeah. And the righteous inherit the favor of God. So if we can learn to dialogue with the Holy Spirit on a personal level uh, throughout our daily 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 lives Mm. we will constantly remain in the favor of god because we're obeying every step that he's asking us to step in Uh, a lot of people live their lives like this god i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do this and they step into those things and then they ask god to come along with them which is fine if you want to live your life the way you have the freedom to do so and god will still minister and move in your life but there's a there's such a thing, uh, a place that he has for us um, where he wants to be intimately involved in our decisions before we make them. That way we can live and walk in his pure bliss and favor. Not to say everything is going to go perfect in that moment or in that thing that he's calling you to do, but just to say that if we can seek his will throughout our lives and the and the Holy Spirit counsels us through those decisions, uh, we fall into a lot less traps. And that's just the truth. Um, and we find ourselves in places where we are supposed to be. We, we don't find ourselves in places where, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. Or we don't plant ourselves in a place for a year or two and be like, I wasn't supposed to be here in the first place. Uh, so if we can seek his wise counsel and wait upon the Lord for decisions, for things that we know are inevitably these things have to happen, but I'm going to wait upon the Lord and the Holy Spirit until I know before I start stepping into them. And so a, a little bit about what that's looked like for me is discerning the will of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's it's not new for me. It's relatively new, maybe like, you know, six or seven years. But I, I say it's new because I've, I've really started stepping into engaging in dialogue with the Holy Spirit in a daily way. Once I found out that I could actually do that, <laughs> because for so long right. it was, you kind of mysteriously work out the will of God through weeks and months and years long of prayer, and uh, you have to wait upon Him for a sign. Like I-, I was under that kind of belief, and whenever I started talking to people, like, "Hey, I, 
you know, I was talking to, to God today and he told me this about this situation. They were like, what? Don't you need, you need to pray about that longer. I was like, why? Like he said this to me today, like, and it happened. Like, why do I need to spend so much time on it? Um, and not, not to say you don't need to spend time in prayer with the father and discerning. That's not what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the Holy Spirit wants to dialogue with you in a way that you dialogue with a friend at yeah. lunch. Like that can happen. We were talking to one of our friends the other day. He said he was in the Caribbean, right? Uh, <laughs> and he was sitting on his porch and balcony or whatever, and he was just alone. And he was having lunch, and uh, he was eating. He was talking to Jesus as he was eating. And he was like having this in-depth conversation with Jesus. <laughs> he was like, I bet people think I'm crazy over here talking to myself. <laughs> I find myself in similar situations sometimes. Like I'll be talking to him in the car, and I'll be, you know, throwing my hands up or, or you know, talking, dialoguing with him like I would a friend. And I'm like, what? Like, there's no one in here. Like, what? What would people think from the outside? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it's true. And once you start knowing him in that way, it really transports your relationship and closeness to God to another dimension. I mean, to another dimension. Um, and and God, you really feel like God is in me. It's not just like God is up in the sky somewhere. You truly feel like God is in me because I'm with him all day, every day, engaging with him, asking him questions. Hmm. Um, Carl even said to me this morning, it's, it's funny. So we, me and Carl both have the Holy Spirit, right? And so some days we'll come together and we're, we're supposed to do the podcast and Carl will just be like, yeah, I feel like we're not supposed to do the podcast today. I was talking to Jesus. He said we're not supposed to do it today. I'd be like, oh, yeah, he said the same thing. I guess we're going to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be it can be um, a little bit frustrating at first, to be honest, like learning that inner dialogue with God. Um, just because if you haven't done it before and you're not used to it, it can definitely feel like you're, you know, like you're like, wait, am I hearing from God? Am I not hearing from God? And it does take faith to like step into what he's saying because without faith, it's impossible to please him. Right. Mm. And so we have to, we have to um, come into faith in learning to listen to him. And a lot of people ask me um, a lot of times I've heard the question like, well, how do I know if it's God or not? Or how, how do I know if that's, you know, the Holy Spirit? Just step into it. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, God is with you. God is for you, right? So if you step into it in faith with the Lord and say, hey, Lord, like, I'm not sure if I'm hearing you or not, but like, I want to step into faith in, in, in learning to listen to your voice. You have to begin to cultivate it and you have to begin to um, practice this, you know, in your daily life. And um, there's a lot of times where he does throw curveballs like that, where it's like, we thought this was going to happen, but actually that's not going to happen. Actually, we have something completely different planned for today. And um, yeah, it makes life an adventure with the Lord, you know? Yeah. I've got a recent example on, on what that looked like. So my wife, we were at uh, Rooted the other night, which is our house church. And <sighs> uh, whoever was bringing the word said, okay, we're going to partner up with some folks and we're going to talk about each other's life and we're going to pray for one another and just get to know each other a little better. And right away, my wife said that uh, she was asking God, well, who do I need to partner up with? And she felt yeah. like there were, there were two specific women that she needed to go and partner up with. 
um, I, I won't say their names, but it was D and N. Okay, and so she uh, immediately said, okay, I'm going to go sit with D. Well, guess who came up right after that was N. And as they're conversing, what ended up happening is they're going to now meet up and start doing a Bible study together. Um, so Ooh. this was a word from God that my wife felt like she heard, you need to spend time with these two, which because she hasn't before. And the Lord confirmed that by making it happen. But she had to step forward in faith Jesus. and say, okay, I'm going to go sit down next to D because I believe this is what God is saying. Um, and then N came right up after that, confirmed it with yeah. the word of the Lord. And now they're getting together. Um, so these, like Carl's saying, I, I really believe there is a part of you that has to say, I think I'm hearing this from God. I'm just going to step forward into it, you know, and, and trust in faith that it's going to be okay. I'll, I'll either A, know that it was him and he'll confirm it, or B, I'll know that it wasn't him and I'll be getting closer to his voice either way because I'll be able to say, A, it was, okay, I know that's him. Or B, it wasn't, okay, I know that's not him. I know that's what, that's right. what it doesn't sound like, you know? So you, you can't really go wrong in that situation. Yeah, especially when you reflect and meditate on like Romans 8, 28. It's one of my favorite verses to quote, but just that he works all things together. He works all things together for the good of those who love him who are called according to his purpose. So in that situation, that's a great example of how that can come into play, how he can work that situation um, together for your good in, in learning how to listen to his voice. But dude, um, I was just thinking, honestly, just when you're talking about um, <laughs> just this last week at Rooted, I feel like we've really been stepping into like learning how to hear the Holy Spirit and, and fellowship with the Holy Spirit and worship with the Holy Spirit um, at Rooted recently. Like, um, in our house church, one of the things that we've been doing recently is we've been like worshiping the Lord in different ways, like different expressions. Like um, we'll we'll leave it open to the group. Hey, does anybody feel you know led to lead worship this week? And so so many times, like we can just put worship in a box of okay, that means somebody needs to play guitar, somebody needs to sing, um, and if it's anything outside of that, it's not actually worship. But that's not true. Like we can worship the Lord in many different ways. We can worship the Lord by, um, like, maybe painting or by um, doing poetry or by um, just dancing. That, that was one that we did recently. And um, anyway, one of the things that we did this last week, um, Seth actually led us in worship this last week. And what we did was, um, basically, we just wrote psalms unto the Lord. We put on some, you know, just like soaking worship music and we all got alone. And for about 30 minutes, we just listened to the Holy Spirit. And we said, Lord, like, how can we minister to you? What do you have to say? Like, what can we write and what can we say? And so everybody wrote, you know, their own thing. Some of it was spoken words, some of it were Psalms, like, but everybody had a Psalm. Everybody had a hymn. Everybody had a spiritual song to share. And we all brought it together. And, and after we individually took time to hear from the Holy Spirit, we, we then poured that out on Jesus and shared it with one another. And we all got to enjoy it. It was amazing. Like, <laughs> it was so good. I was in 
awe. Like everyone is so creative and ultimately the Holy Spirit loves to partner with us in our creative expression in worship. And so anyway, maybe that's to bust somebody um, uh, out of like um, a bubble of understanding and just give you permission to like learn to fellowship with the Holy Spirit in new ways. Like dance with God, dance with God. It's Mm. excellent. There's so much freedom that comes from dancing with God. Um, um, One of our sisters led us that night and one of the things that she shared because we're we're able to, um, uh, we we have an environment where we're able to express and articulate how we have uh, learned from God individually and collectively. And one of the things that she said um, is that when she dances with God, that the Holy Spirit helps her to process what she's feeling and walking and going through in her life and then leave it at the feet of Jesus and worship him in that way. And so um, it's just a really cool thing that the Holy Spirit, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool thing to have the Holy Spirit lead you in worship to the Lord and to just open up, you know, new ways to know God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful counselor. Amen. That's a really good word, bro. The, worshiping God and connecting with the spirit in different ways. It doesn't just have to look like sitting in your room and engaging with the Holy Spirit. It, it can look so different for so many people. There's so many ways to access him. And there's no, there's no limitations. In fact, to accessing the Holy Spirit, uh, a couple of extremes I did want to talk about real quick. I felt to hit on this. So there, there's the extreme uh, that we can go to that says, well, God has nothing to say to me. There's nothing that God wants to say to me. I'm not even worthy of him speaking to me. There's really nothing that he even wants to say. Uh, Don't go to that camp. God has so much to say to you. And he cares about all the intimate details of your life. He cares about the car you really want to get for your next car. Ask him, what car should I get for this next car? He cares about your job and career. You're not happy in your job right now. You feel disgruntled. You're not sure if you're supposed to be there. Ask him, God, am I supposed to be in this job right now? Am I supposed to be working in this career field? Or do I need to completely change the career field I'm in? Do I need to follow this passion that I have of of music? Or do I need to follow this passion I have of uh, being a car salesman? Whatever it may be. Uh, But he cares about all those things. In fact... That was one of the things that he desperately wanted from Israel. Like, mm. would you seek my face and ask me decisions? I desire your obedience greater than sacrifice. Mm. God doesn't just want you to, you know, put your lunch card in for church and check in and check out and, and help that person. He doesn't just want to use you, okay? We always hear that, God, use me. God, will you use me? Do you want God to use you? It's like, okay, sure, I understand the sentiment. I want God to use me to accomplish his will on the earth. But more than anything... More than that, God wants you to listen to him and obey him and have relationship with him. That's what he wants more than anything. That's why he died for you. He didn't die for you so you could, you know, check into church and, wow. and check into small group and check into all these things that you think are good churchy things to do for, you know, to appease God. He wants relationship with you. The way you have relationship with someone is by communicating with them and listening to them and talking with them back and forth and and hearing about each other's lives. Like, ask God about his life, you know? Ask God about, you know, Jesus experienced everything that you experienced. 
ask Jesus about his experiences, dialogue with him. He desperately desires this. It's why he died for you. It's why he created for you. It's why he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden because he wanted to be with them and he wanted to talk with them and he wanted to love them and he wants to restore that and he's recreating you so you can have that type of connection and relationship with him. Okay, the other side of this coin is to say that I can't do anything unless the Holy Spirit has said so. And what I mean by that is I've seen people, and even myself, me and Carl can testify to this, to where we get petrified, like literally a petrified stone from being able to move or do anything unless we feel like the Holy Spirit has said so. (laughs) Yeah. We also don't need to be in that camp. Like I can put on my socks and shoes today without having to ask the Lord. (laughs) I can go and mow the grass today without having to ask the Lord. These are things that I need to do. I can wash the dishes today without having to ask the Lord. Like, And can we ask him about those things? Absolutely. But we also don't have to be tied down to where we can't move and operate in our life Jesus. until we know exactly this is how the Holy Spirit wants every single detail. Like, We don't have to do that. It's an invitation into as much intimacy as we want. So do I do I sometimes wake up in the morning and I'm like, God, what would you like me to wear today? And I check with him like, you know, would you like me to wear this today? Is this a good idea? Sure. Do I do that every morning? Absolutely not. Do I do I wake up in the morning and say, uh, you know, God, do I need to do this or that or that this today? Sometimes, absolutely. Like I check with that before the week. I'm like, God, would you order my day today? Because I want him to. Because I want to have the most effective day possible am i sitting here saying that i want to tie you with ropes and say you have to do that every single morning i'm not going to say that no but the invitation and option to engage the holy spirit in that way to let him order your steps for the day Mm. is available to you so i just wanted to touch on those two extremes for a second (laughs) because it's good to stay in the middle of those i think yeah dude i totally agree and honestly that's something that you've helped me out tremendously that the lord has helped me out tremendously with in the last year or so um, I just wanted to just add, you know, like when you first come, like I'm thinking of the parable of the lost son when when he gets his father's inheritance and he just goes and he squanders it and, you know, he's eating pig slop and he realizes like, man, like this is not what I thought it was. Like this is not satisfying my desire and he wants to go home to be with his father, but he's like, I'll just be a servant, you know, I'll just be a servant. But the father's like, no, like here's a ring and a robe. Um, the temptation, at least for me in my own life was when I first came to the Lord, it was like, there was so much before him that, you know, I I felt like I almost had to make up for, you know? And so it was like every decision I make, God, I want to make every decision for you. And I want to, you know, make sure every single little thing that I do, I'm getting the A-OK from. And honestly, like he, he blessed that abundantly early on in my walk with him, um, a few years ago, and, and then as we grow up and we mature, right, as we, um, I'm thinking of like a toddler growing up and going to middle school and then going to high school and going to college and all this stuff, like you're going to learn skills along the way that you just naturally begin to apply um, things that the Lord has spoken That's to really you good, along the way where it's like, hey, like I'm going to teach you this skill so that you can use that for later and it'll just be second nature later, right? That's good, man. And it's like... Um, 
that's just a really good word. And to learn that balance with him again, just requires that, that, um, practice of learning to listen and, um, not overanalyzing it. That's the other temptation is to overanalyze every single thing. Did I do that right? Did I not do that right? Oh no. Am I outside of the will of God? Because I didn't listen to the Holy spirit on this one little thing of like, yeah, I mean, you, you could say tying your shoe. It's, it's, it, it sounds silly, but um, we really can get to that place if you go too far on the other side of the camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and getting in your head, that's not where we want to be. You know, we want to live life with God, engaging with Him in a healthy way, uh, in a way that's fruitful, in a way that's beneficial for our life and for all of those around us. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's really the place that He wants for us to. He wants to do life with us, alongside of us. Like that's his desire, is to be intimately involved in your life. It's kind of like you have a really good friend. Well, they want to be at your kid's birthday party. They want to be, you know, over at your house watching the game with you. Um, they want to be going out, you know, once a week and, and hanging out and doing stuff. Well, so does Jesus. Like Jesus wants to be with you um, in an intimately connected way. And that's even deeper than that type of earthly friendship. This is your God we're talking about. Right. This is God. This is the one who created the heavens and the earth, like who is enthroned in glorious majesty, who has angels and cherubim, worshiping on his throne, where Jesus is at the right hand. Like this is the same God that you pray to. Like the Holy Spirit is just inside of you. Um, And he wants to have, again, a deep and intimate connection with you. Uh, So it's an invitation. Today's podcast isn't what we're talking about. It's an invitation to go deeper with Jesus. Um, and we talk about this so much. I know a lot of the podcasts is kind of wrapped up in this theme, but it's, it really is the most important thing that we could discuss and talk about and give wisdom from our lives in. Because if we can lead you to the river, then you can drink yeah. every single day. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to depend on, you know, do this for this situation in life or do this for this situation in life or make this choice here. It's, the Holy Spirit lives in you to help you make and decide things, and and He will give you all that you need. You don't have to thirst anymore. You, you know, that's what Jesus said to one at the well. I have rivers of living water, and if you would ask me, I would give them to you. So it, it's, it's, there, it's there in that story. If you would ask me, I would give you rivers of living water. And, and that's the invitation for all of us in every aspect of our life, in your family, in your job, in your future, uh, in your you know, decisions that you have to make today and tomorrow, in your, in your divorce, in your terrible situations, in your uh, death in the family. The Holy Spirit wants to be there with you. Yeah. He's the comforter as well. There's many names for the Holy Spirit. He has many different functions, and he wants to be there to lead, to guide to cry with you, to uh, yeah, to let you share your feelings with him, to let you pour your heart out to him, and he'll speak so gently and softly into those situations, or he'll just sit there with you, and he'll just be your be your friend. He'll be present, um, or he'll he'll give you uh, what you really need to hear. And you've got all these voices, and you've got all these people around you saying things, but he will never tell you wrong. He will tell you exactly what you need to hear that's why growing up 
whenever I had a tough situation hit me, I learned to do this instead of just going and asking a million people what to do, which I would ask for counsel. Okay, hear me on that. But the, the most important voice I wanted to hear was Jesus. So I'd go lock myself in a room until I heard his voice on what he said, on what he had to say on the situation. Because if he has something to say on the situation, that's what I care about the most. Yeah. And I can re- then I can receive the stuff that people are telling me that supports what he said to me yeah. and those are the people that I want to be around and spend time with and get counsel from and I can block out the, the other right. voices that are saying the opposite of what he's telling me and that's who I know where to go to and, and who to go to um, anyways that that was kind of my process of forming a relationship with him was getting alone with him and not leaving until I heard from him <laughs> Yeah, man. Oof. I was I was just thinking as you're talking, like it's it's um, this this whole idea of like learning to hear from the Holy Spirit and walking through life with Him. It is it is about um, practical decision making and making decisions with Him, and it's also about um, Him satisfying our deepest desires, you know, um, and learning how to drink from that well. Um, it's a, it's a both and thing. Um, I heard somebody say recently, and I let me preface this with when he said this, I didn't fully agree with it until I heard him explain it, so just bear with me for a second, but he said um, that the Christian life should be about pleasure. Okay? Stop right there. I understand. Just listen. Like the disciples, they had access to the Holy Spirit, right? Just as we do. And they would go and get beat and persecuted and imprisoned and praise God because they learned how to find pleasure in pleasing their master, finding satisfaction in the Holy Spirit. So what I'm not saying is that like your life is supposed to just be rainbows and butterflies, but I'm what I'm saying is that in the suffering because of the Holy Spirit, in the tribulation, in the trials, because of that, because of the word of God that says that we get to rejoice in our tribulations, we, we learn to find um, joy in the midst of things that the world would consider being the most terrible things ever. We have biblical evidence and we have personal testimony of going through very hard things in our life where the Lord meets us and fills us and fills us in those places and meets us. And when we find pleasure in pleasing the master, when we find pleasure in suffering for the one who suffered... Um, the the most terrible thing that we could imagine um yeah it was just an interesting thing i i I thought it was interesting to to hear that perspective of how we can learn to tap into um finding that uh those desires of our heart fulfilled in the holy spirit yeah And, and there's nowhere else to find complete satisfaction and fulfillment he's the only way and you know if we're professing to be Christians and Christ followers. Yeah. You know, he has laid out for us the gift. It's it's almost like this. I see it like this. Jesus loved us so much, and he's our bridegroom, right? The Father has essentially created us for his son. Jesus is the bridegroom, okay? We're his bride. His body is the bride because he loved us so much that he died for us. He paid a down payment for you. This was... Uh, typical of uh, traditional Jewish weddings is that if you were going to marry someone's daughter, that you would put a down payment on her because the father 
um, had his daughter and she worked on the farm or was part of the family business and, and she contributed to the family income. So what the bridegroom would do is he would pay the father a dowry, which is a, a certain amount set by them that says, here's the money that I'm going to give you to essentially take your daughter as my wife. And I know that you're going to be losing out on money and provision because I'm taking her from you. And, and she was helping uh, with the family business, whatever that is. So here's a dowry amount. I'm going to, I'm going to pay you this so, so I can take her to be my wife. Well, Jesus did that for us. He died on the cross for us, right? Um, he paid that down. Uh, and he gave us a down payment of what? The Holy Spirit. He said, this Holy Spirit is going to seal you until I come and return to get you. So you could, I almost like to think of the Holy Spirit being like Jesus' proposal to us. Jesus proposed on the cross, I'm going to die for you. But his proposal was not without a ring. He said, I'm going to... I'm going to have to go up to heaven, but I'm going to come back for you. But so you know that I'm coming back for you. Here's my promised Holy Spirit. Here's the greatest gift that I can give you. It's me. And I'm going to be with you everywhere you go. Here's the Holy Spirit. Will you receive my gift? Now, if you're a wife, how awful would it have been if you would have looked at your husband when he proposed to you and said, I don't want your gift. Get that out of here. I'm afraid of that gift. I don't want to even touch that gift. I, I've, I've heard so many things about crazy speaking in tongues and uh, all this, all these crazy things people have done with the Holy Spirit because of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I'm afraid of him. I don't want that thing. I don't want that gift. Take that gift back. How sad would that have made your husband? Wow. If we're afraid of the whole... I, I actually see more Christians afraid more of the Holy Spirit than they are of demons. Like I'm, I'm not even Whoa. joking. Like they'll go, they'll go and watch demonic shows and movies and oh enjoy my them. Gosh, and take delight in them and be like, oh my gosh, I love being scared. Ha ha ha! This is so fun. But then you talk about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and the things that are in the scriptures, and they're like, oh no, all that stuff's demonic. I don't mess with that. Holy like, smoke! What? How did this get twisted that the Holy Spirit is demonic and demonic things that you're partaking in and enjoying? are actually okay Jesus. for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. That happens, bro. That is a nuclear bomb, bro. Yeah. So all I'm saying Yo. is do not reject the gift that has been given to you. Right. And it says like, if you follow Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, he gives you the Holy Spirit. Yes. But so many Christians deny him of his power. Jesus. They take away his power. Wow. The Holy Spirit has power to heal. He has power to give you words of wisdom, words of knowledge, to give you prophecy, hey. to speak into someone's life and say, this is what the Lord says, not that. He has power to give you his will, to give you discernment. He has power for you to speak in tongues, <sighs> to speak in heavenly languages. He has power and his gift has been given to you. So do not be afraid of the gift. Step into the gift and take it joyously. Yeah. Just as Carl was saying, pleasures of his presence will be unlocked. Uh. 
pleasures of his glory will be unlocked pleasures of getting to work with god and partner with him not work for him work with him that will be unlocked because we are no longer slaves we are sons and daughters we become a son and daughter we begin to listen to the master's voice and we don't just listen to the master's voice but we partner with the father's voice as a son and daughter and the Father surely wants to speak to you through his Holy Spirit each and every day. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. It says in the scriptures that in his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And in his presence is fullness of joy. And so for him to give us access to that is just, it's incredible. Um, I can only imagine what the disciples must have been thinking and feeling when he's like, hey guys, I'm going to go away. But it's actually better that I do. I mean, can you imagine wow. having to buy a plane ticket in today's world and say, okay, I'm going to take a month off of work just so I can go see Jesus because he's over in Jerusalem and um, I, I, I need to go see him. I have to go be with Jesus. I have to know him because you would still hear all the testimonies and the stories and the miracles and the signs and the wonders that he's performed and the lives that he's changed. And you'd have to hop on a plane and you'd have to fly over there and you'd have to stand in a line for, oh, I don't know, maybe a month. Who knows, right? Who knows how long that line would be to go see Jesus? But he says, it's better that I go away so that I can send you the promised Holy Spirit so that I can dwell with you so that you can be in my presence without me being physically here. And so... Yeah, Lord, help us to understand what it is to be able wow. to fellowship with you in your presence like that. You said it was better, God. Forgive us when we have thought otherwise. Help us, God, to know you and to see you in your presence by way of your Holy Spirit. Forgive us for when we've been afraid of the gifts that you have for us, God, and show us what it is to live life with you, God, forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Bro, that's such a tremendous revelation like think about that if you did have to fly to go see jesus physically but he said it is better for you that i go so that you will have the that means it is better for jesus to be off this earth right now do you believe it? it is better for jesus to be off this earth right now so that you can have the holy spirit holy spirit that is astonishing wow and now Jesus is going to come back and rule and reign on this earth. But for some reason, he had to leave this earth so that we would have his Holy Spirit. I don't know yeah. why he said it. He said, I have to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. Right. Uh, so <laughs> that's huge. Jesus, I, here's what I was going to say. Just as much of fullness you would have if Jesus came and visited your house and he lived with you on a day-to-day basis, went to work with you, went to school with you. And you could literally ask him, what do I need to do, Jesus? Or, hey, how are you feeling? Hey, will you pray for me? Hey, will you be with me? Whoa. Just as much as Jesus in the flesh, if you had him in your pocket, like Ooh. to take you anywhere you want, we have that same type of access right now. And there is no difference other than the physicalness of him. Jesus. And learning to know his voice. Woo! Obviously, it would be a little maybe easier to say face-to-face with Jesus. Like, 
what do I need to do at this moment? And he can just tell you right then. But there's no difference. Wow. Now. Dude. Fucking rocked. So, yeah. our encouragement today is go forth and be wow. with Jesus today. Yep. And enjoy him everywhere you go. Yeah. Because he's with you yeah. everywhere you go. Yeah.